0: All right, back from his America tour with his brother, may I present to you the Blues Brother? What's up, Chris? How was your mission
1: from God? Oh, you know, we uh, did a little fundraiser, I'll tell you. We, uh, you know, our uh, the Penguin, our uh, teacher growing up, our church was getting shut down, so we were on a mission from God. And we, uh, we managed to save that church and, uh, you know, escape from Carrie Fisher, my girlfriend at the time, and a couple other things of fun. So we're back out on the road, taking a break a little bit, and then we'll uh, be doing our thing again.
0: <laughs> How was your uh dance routine with uh with uh uh the great one? Oh god, what's his name? Uh James. James. The the preacher the cre- not, not not cop not Cap Cowway, but uh what's his name? Uh Rick not Rick James. Uh the Godfather of soul. God damn it, I can't remember his name right now.
1: You, well, you said James, so, you know, it's the color of a desk, usually. James
0: Brown! <laughs> James Brown, that's it!
1: May he, him and Cab Calloway, may they rest in peace.
0: Yeah, along with Hank Williams. Or Frank Hank Gannon, Bulls. I should say. And Hank Williams.
1: No. Well, I was just saying, <laughs> if you're talking Blues Brothers, I mean, that whole movie, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin.
0: Yep, exactly. But we're not here to talk about music, we're here to talk about sports.
1: Well, that's so. a a movie, but nonetheless... I so, uh,
0: Tommy, Derek, you guys are laughing in the background. You want to say what's up? What's up? <laughs> Get out of <laughs> <in> my swamp. <laughs> uh, all right. So if you guys do not know this podcast, this is called Balls in the Court. Me, Tommy, and Derek are college friends, actually with our buddy Chris Owens, and we do an argument all based off of sports and what the judge picks the topic to be we do it as a courtroom status and so let's start off with chris telling us what is our topic tonight
1: well i thought we'd get a little topical with our topic the uh major league baseball hall of fame for the first time oh gosh what i think it, it's either 14 or 36 years they did not have a single player get enough votes to get into the hall so the scenario I wanted to do with you fellas was, okay, I'm the judge of the Hall of Fame and I'm going to pick one player on my own. I'm, you know, this power of mine and you're going to convince me why I should pick your player. However, for this, just because we're, you know, we're all Giants fans here, uh, you're not going to pick Barry Bonds and, I mean, pitchers – between the, uh, I don't know if he's a pitcher or a political correspondent more these days. No <laughs> Kurt, no, Kurt, <laughs> no Curt Schilling, and no Roger Clemens. So anyone else on that list? the game. Tell me why they should be in the Hall. Make your case.
0: All right. Well, let's go. Let's go ahead and start off with uh, who we picked uh, before we go into our opening arguments. Who would you like to go first in the opening argument? Uh, Chris, and to tell who we have as uh as a player, not voting into the Hall of Fame.
1: Sure. Oh, yes. Gosh, I wish I'd have thought of this, because I've really enjoyed some of the other judges and picking, I think, what one was, you know, how many Christmas presents, and I mean, part of me just wants to go with based on who used the bathroom last, but then, you know, <laughs> Derek is... Derek it's is
0: different. Different.
1: No, I was going to say do it in reverse, because... <laughs> I was going to say, let's do it in reverse. So I guess whoever has held it the longest gets to go first.
2: That'd definitely be me.
0: Did you not go to the bathroom until you got home after I dropped you off at your
2: car? Well, it's not like I can go to a public bathroom with what's going on in this state right now.
1: Whoa, wait a minute. I, I know I know, we're talking sports here, but I, I'm hearing a little bit of uh, shit break Finchmeister from America Pie.
2: Super Subaru dealership's not that friendly, I'm afraid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, Tommy, go ahead and tell us who you have as, uh, before we go into opening arguments.
2: All right, I just want to point out one fact really fast. I find it kind of funny. The last time no one was elected was actually 2013, and that was the first year Bonds and Clemens and Schilling were all on the ballot, so a little funny thing there, but, uh, Player I select is Rockies legend Todd Helton. I think Todd Helton deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he will get there eventually. I feel like he's doing a a slow climb, similar to his former teammate Larry Walker, who got in.
1: Good, great player. You know what I love? You know, especially like for all of us right now during this, is that it's all players that we all played with when we were playing. Whether it was, I think you guys were talking about this on. The fantasy picks too. Someone talked about, uh, oh god, the outfielder they filled in for Bonds because Bonds didn't want to or want to get paid more. What was it Dodd or something? John Dodd. John Dodd. Stalker. Dow.
2: That's
1: Reggie Stalker. right.
2: <laughs> Reggie yeah, so Stalker like All these was my players
1: game. that we got from like MVP the show or or MLB the show. I don't know, man. I I don't play video games anymore. Anger management, but that's a whole other show. But no, awesome though, awesome pick with Todd Helton. All right, I guess that would let us go to uh, Brendan. Who do you got?
0: So I got, and I'm actually kind of pissed that Tommy picked out Todd Hilton because he was one of my favorites to watch play the game behind Jeff Bagwell. So, as you can tell, my wife agrees with me, even though she doesn't really watch baseball all that much. But uh, I would say my next pick would be another guy that I loved watch play and was considered one of the best defenders of all time and that's Andrew Jones. This dude, this dude, see, I talk about Andrew Jones so much that my wife even knows about him. So Andrew Jones, to me, deserves it. He was one of the best outfielders during the time I was being raised and along with that 90s run and then a Braves team. So I'm going Andrew Jones, and he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame.
3: Absolutely.
1: Nice. Oh, no, I hey. We all remember that name growing up. Hell of a center fielder. And uh to round it out, our most recent uh visitor to the bathroom.
4: Who do you got for me? Uh I wanna make a, a point really quick that uh, we all know that uh Brendan's just holding up cue cards for for Laura. Um
0: Wow, no, I did not have to do that's,
4: that. You have that's, that's, shots <laughs> fired. Uh no, I um applaud now applaud
2: so uh, now. I think your pizzas burned. Oh my god. Oh, pizzas burned. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so I I was this was tough for me because I loved this player growing up, watching him. I, I was always more of a, a defensive fan than a offensive fan uh i really love andrew jones i was definitely leaning towards him but then decided against it because him and i think uh bernie williams griffey those were kind of like my idols for getting into center field uh i was gonna go with omar viskel because he was like one of my favorite just all-around players and then some shit has happened recently so i was like great um so nowadays in softball, I play the hot corner, and one of the greatest third basemans that I think um, of all time, especially defensively, uh, I picked Scott Rowland.
1: Excellent. Yeah. No, I mean you. I mean we're all Giants fans. We definitely, we definitely knew if there was a hit going down the left field line during the playoffs, uh, better pray it got high enough. Or fast enough. Yep. Now all fantastic picks. So I believe what the next next step in this, if I remember correctly, is the uh, what the opening arguments for each one. That's great. You know, I want a quick sidebar. Uh, Derek, was it you that had the shots fired? Uh, why do you think he's giving her cue cards?
4: Uh studio audience. That's what we said earlier. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just, just go, off, uh, go off as, as applause as cue cards.
1: Now, I part of me would think, you know, just from listening to the show, I feel like she would write the cue cards for him. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I know there have been some <laughs> grammatical challenges over, you know, the years and then lines, so I'm just waiting for him to say, line. <laughs> but actually, I'll do this serpentine style, so go ahead and lead it off on your uh, case for Mr. Scott Rowland.
4: Awesome. Well, like I stated earlier, uh, Scott Rowland is probably considered one of the best uh, defensive third basemen of all time. I feel like a lot of third basemen are kind of overlooked in Hall of Fame uh, drafts or ballots, whatever you want to call them. the, The numbers for third basemen are... It's pretty crazy how low they are. Um obviously you have big names like uh Chipper and Mike Schmidt and uh 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 what's his name? Uh Roland from the Cubs. Or sorry, that's my guy. <laughs> I meant um I am totally having a shit. Uh, Ron Santo from the Cubs. Excuse me. Uh those kind of names come up to mind, but when you uh look at third baseman just uh in the Hall of Fame um, it's kind of just an underrepresented uh, position. And I just believe that Scott Rowland has all the numbers on the field um, and off the field, which I will get to later, about uh, him being a Hall of Famer. Uh, just to go quickly, because I want to get really into the, the me- meaty greedy later, um, just some quick things to pop out there. He has eight gold gloves. He was the Rookie of the Year in 1997. He is a seven-time All-Star. He won one Silver Slugger Award. And he is the only player out of these picks that we are talking about right now that has actually won a World Series. Obviously, there's, you know, more factors into that. You know, being on what team you are at the time and everything, Andrew Jones definitely should have had some World Series because that team was. Oh, stabbed.
1: Yeah. but the Yankees. I'm surprised he never nabbed one. I,
4: that shocked me. The Yankees, man. The that. the Yankees yeah. took them every time. The Yankees
0: the <laughs> and Yankees then, the
4: and then somehow Heltah made it to that one World Series against Boston, completely got destroyed. Uh, so. Uh, but, yeah, those are some just quick little uh, bullet points there. I will obviously go a little deeper and further into that. Um, just want to show the hardware that backs up why uh, Mr. Rollins should be a Hall of Famer.
1: You showed it. Now, that that's just merely opening, right? So we're not going to have any rebuttals to any of the cases until we get into the next round of things. Is that right, gentlemen?
0: Well, you can rebuttal whenever you want, but I like the I like the statement that my little brother put in uh, last week where you have to say objection. I love that fact.
1: <laughs> yeah, that should definitely be a regular.
0: Uh, all right, Chris, who's going next?
1: Uh, Serpentine. So it's uh, back to you. Uh, awesome. A, build me the case. Uh, uh, yeah. Open up with why uh, Andrew should be in the hall.
0: Okay, so I'm going to start off kind of like how I started off last week, um, but I won't go into as great as detail as I did with uh, Bo Jackson, but oh, I want to God. start it off,
1: <laughs> start funny. off with
0: some stats. We're, just, we're just some is stats,
1: not stats. Wait, wait, all right. Let's go to jokes.
0: <laughs> uh, just, just, just hear me out with a little bit of stats. I know that that can get kind of boring, but I'm going to add in some more facts that's more interesting about it. So, well, I, mean, I as learned long so as much you don't talk about how
1: many times he tied his shoe over the course of a right? his career. I'm sure relevant, <laughs> relevant stats are okay. Obviously, heroic are always a win. So, okay,
0: so just ahead. to Start it off like I did with Bo, uh Jones had actually a 17-year career. I actually only thought he had like maybe a 10-year career. I didn't know he played for that long. He was absolutely fantastic in everything he did. So uh, he's he hit over 400 home runs, and he hit uh, a total of 434 actually, and he is 47th of all time, which puts him above the 50, 50 uh, limit, I would say. He was also just short of 2,000 hits, which in the professional uh, opinion, that is insane considering that you had dominant pitchers like Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Andy Pennett, Roger Clemens, all during that time and still be able to be 100 hits short of two thousands is insane to me. He was also considered one of the best outfielders of all time, and he, his defensive paralysis, shows that with the fact that he had a 990 fielding percentage with the 50 assists out from the outfield. That's unheard of. The only person that I can compare that to would be Dom DiMaggio, who was considered a top-notch assist uh, outfielder of his time. The other thing that was really cool that I did not know was that he is 10th of all time behind only seven Hall of Famers for RBIs. He had twelve he had one thousand two hundred and eighty-nine RBIs in his entire career. So the dude offensively and defensively, and I'll get into his uh awards in my second round, like uh Derek did this first round, to prove how much of a defensive player he was, uh later on. But the dude's stats rack up to Hall of Famers that Necessarily, he had a better defense, but and also uh, a better offense than some of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame today, such as ozzy Smith. I'm going to call out.
1: I was waiting for that. That's that's been a compelling argument, you know, in countless Atlanta newspapers. That you know, you'll always get the Ozzie Smith comparison because I think his defense, or, or his win over placement, was higher. His defensive percentages. There was exactly. Where they cite that, and yeah, no, I, I knew it was good.
0: There's, there, there's a lot more that I have to go on that, including uh, the Messiah at third base with Brooks Robinson.
4: How'd yep, you wait till good. I get there?
1: Jeez.
4: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, does that does that about conclude your
1: opening argument, yes. counselor?
0: That 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 concludes my opening argument, judge.
1: All right, ready for Tomas. <laughs>
2: All right, Mr. Todd Helton had a 17 year career. He was an all star five times. He won three gold gloves, had a batting title, got four silver sluggers. He took second place in Rookie of the Year vote in 1998, falling behind Kerry Wood by just one vote. Or not, was it Kerry Wood? I'm, am I tripping on that one?
1: I think you, that sounds close. That sounds right.
2: Sounds right. Yes, it was Kerry Wood. Look at that. One vote, and the one extra vote went to some guy. I don't even know who the hell that is on Atlanta. Um, But uh, Todd Hilton had some amazing statistics. In in the year 2000, the guy had 216 hits, had 147 RBIs, and batted 372. He led the league in, looks like, eight different statistics, and yet – Somehow, Jeff Kent took the MVP award f- away from him, so he beat Kent in everything other than I believe it was uh, stolen bases, so it's it's beyond me but uh, Shit. but yes, I think Todd Hilton had an amazing career. You look at the guy's batting average. he hit over three hundred from nineteen ninety eight until or through two thousand seven. The guy finished the three sixteen average. Which was like what seventy five points higher than Mr. Jones over there, and he had he had um fourteen o six in total RBIs and over twenty five hundred hits. So sorry, your stats aren't as impressive anymore, Brendan. But um, <laughs> dude, I thought
0: we were going to do up
1: on Derek. What the fuck?
2: You you pick somebody who I, uh, I'm afraid i afraid I don't see as a Hall of Famer, so I, I had to throw that at you. Damn,
1: I can't wait for that rebuttal.
2: But, yeah, so that's, that's the story of Mr. Todd Helton. I think he had a great career. He was a very consistent bat. I think, you know, I think he meets Hall of Fame numbers in pretty much every topic other than perhaps stolen bases. That's his, like, one week link if you look across his stat <laughs> line.
0: Well, he's a first baseman. He's not supposed to run.
2: Right, right.
1: All right. Well, hey, that's our opening statement. Going to get into the meat and potatoes, Tommy.
4: Objection, Judge. I feel like there's a conspiracy theory going on yeah. here. Right against me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone let it slip. Wait, you you feel a conspiracy that that, that, you, some, that, that there's a a coup going on behind my back?
2: <laughs> hey, hey, we we went to Yard House today. I had ten beers. We were joking around about
1: stuff. Okay. <laughs> Wait,
0: no, no I'm, not, I'm not-
1: was, Nothing is down. First, right? <laughs> the only nothing
3: the I, down.
1: I mean, if everyone has an issue, I just thought consistency from Serpentine, right? Like, I had Tommy start.
4: I had oh, no, no, Scott, no, no, no. This, was, this had nothing to, to do, do with around. you. This had nothing to do oh, okay. with you. I'm saying that these two are conspiring against me.
2: Well, <laughs> I who mean, always wins?
4: <laughs> look, I, I
1: was going to say, look. Clinton I take one? Let's just forget I'm the judge for a second. Yeah. If you're asking me who I think wins the most of these, I'm pretty sure I'm always hearing Derek getting crammed. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, granted, Tommy puts up a good fight, and maybe it's because Brendan drags him down from his most compelling arguments. But, yeah, usually <laughs> Brendan just, like, lights the place on fire. Even if it doesn't make sense, like, you know, promoting Bugs Bunny. You know, sure yeah, literally no one even talks about Roy Munson. Okay, I'm getting off track at the guy's <laughs> uh, so...
0: all right chris let's go into round two
1: yeah tommy go ahead and give me the meat and potatoes about todd
2: okay so i think todd helton needs to get in the hall of fame i'm pretty sure he will as i was saying before probably have to be till year 10 with our crappy voting system but but i think todd deserves to get in you look at his numbers it's just outstanding the guy he walked more than he struck out. That's pretty rare for batters of these days. He did that by let's see, like 160 more walks. It looks like he had a 103 of them on that great year where he still had 147 RBIs on 216 hits. So <laughs> the guy must have always touched that ball. <laughs> um, what I like most though is you know you look at Hall of Famers of the past. They seem to always, you know, just stay with their one team. They have their loyalty to their one team their whole careers. You know, I'm sure transactions were a lot more rare back then. But, you know, today you see guys getting dealt like crazy, especially with Mr. Arenado leaving the Rockies oh. we were speaking of.
4: Maybe our division so, though. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but to a rival I actually hate more. But um yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: But Mr. Todd Hilton spent his whole seventeen years with the Rockies. I just think that's Some like you know show show of loyalty and something to honor for him. I mean, nothing against Scott Rowland, to be honest with you, because he got dealt every time he seemed to leave a team. But um, Mr. Andrew Jones ended up selling out to the Yankees. So
1: (laughs) and and Dodgers, Dodgers. yeah, (laughs) and
0: Dodgers and Rangers and also the White Sox.
2: Yep. I mean, he had his good years with the Braves, but after he was thirty, he kind of had got get hurt all the time. But, um, yeah, again, Helton was pretty much always healthy. He's only got two seasons where he played less than 100 games. I think his total of 369 home runs may not, you know, jump off the board like, you know, Jim Tomei or other recent Hall of Famers might. But his consistency with that 316 career average, I think, is definitely what gets him in, along with his RBI total. Let me take a quick look at a stat here. Yeah, look at that. Both. Roland and Jones never even hit 316 one time in their career. So props to Todd Hilton beating so, both of them okay. on that one. So
1: be, because you're throwing those two candidates out there, because you're you're not on Hilton right now, I'm going to open it up. And and I, I – because I could – I mean, hey, I'm just the judge. So I'm going to say, uh, Brendan, Derek, would either of you like to rebut – the 316 average of Todd Helton. Coors Field
2: is about power, not consistency. So, yeah,
1: to- okay. No, I, I give Tommy that. Like, yeah, Derek, tell me a little more about Coors Field.
4: No, so I, I totally give that to Tommy. Like, you a, – a field like Coors Field is not going to help your batting average. It will help if you hit a bunch of home runs, which Todd Helton did. But there's that whole argument, which I give the argument to Barry Bonds and, like, all these, P you know, PED users is, like, you can have the power, you can you know beef up, but you still have to be able to hit a damn baseball, which is one of the most challenging things in the world. And so I am not discrediting Helton's average whatsoever because that is a skill. As far as the other numbers go, you have to argue that Coors Field plays a part in it, and that is what will always be looked upon whenever there's a Rocky player in the Hall of Fame stuff. That's why I feel like it took Larry Walker a while Todd Hillen's going to have that same issue. Uh, Coors Field kind of pads the stats. Obviously, he's a great player, and he didn't do everything that those numbers show at Coors Field, but it definitely helps. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and also having a lineup where you have three powerhouse hitters going in between you with Lance Berkman and Andrew Scalaraga at the time. And I think Burks
1: was uh, I, a powerhouse I, record. I would wait a second on that, Brendan, now. I'm going to correct yeah, you because I wasn't reading this. Todd Helton replaced Andre Scalaraga.
0: Yeah, but you still had Andre Scalaraga coming. I mean, there's a photo of them saying the – what was it? The uh, Baxter?
2: Patton,
0: yeah, something like that. So,
2: Did you say Berkman?
4: Yeah, I heard Berkman too.
0: Who,
2: Berkman played for Houston and St. Louis. He was never with the Rockies.
0: Oh, sorry. Walker. My bad. They kind of look similar, so that's why I got confused. Yeah, I
1: was like, okay, I'm waiting for someone to mention Larry Walker being in the same lineup. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I, I always forget it's Brendan vocabulary, so Berkman means Walker. Walker, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Brendan has been coming through in the clutch.
1: And I think, what, Ozzie Smith, Honus Wagner? Yes. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, got it. <laughs> always knew it was bow legged but... Oh, wait, bow. No. Uh... <laughs> But anyway, so, uh, Tommy, anything else you'd like to uh, give us in the meat and potatoes? Obviously, where we left off was the 316 average, which I'll say as the judge evens out with the uh, course Field uh, proclamation.
2: I mean, all-star five years in a row, getting silver sluggers and gold gloves, if not both, each of those five years as well. I mean, 147 RBIs followed by the very next season, 146. That's definitely not an easy task so i just think helton blows everybody away with their numbers who's in the hall of fame at the moment other than the three guys we can't talk about
1: <laughs> sure all right well very good um anyone else have anything during his um during his speech that wanted to be appealed or rebutted? Uh, your
4: witness nope Oh wait
0: The only other thing is, like Derek said, when you have a commercial making fun of the fact that the altitude is different and having a ball float in between Todd Houghton and Larry Walker, that kind of tells you a lot.
1: I will note that. (laughs) Commercial. (laughs) In the air. It's it's, it's two podcasts in a row now that you're quoting commercials. Well, I think, think, gentlemen, that'll uh, conclude... Tommy's Meat and Potatoes, and this is the perfect time for uh, Brendan, uh, your witness, Andrew Jones, to the stand, please.
0: Yeah, so I just want to go into the awards just a little bit about Andrew Jones. Um, this is actually going to probably be my shortest argument. Um, I know it should be my longest one, but I actually believe that Andrew Jones' awards uh, speak for themselves. Like, the dude was a five-time All-Star just like – uh, Todd Houghton, so there you go, Tommy. Not to mention, how many awards did you say that he won for gold glove at first base, Tommy?
1: Uh, I have a note as three gold gloves, Tommy.
0: Three, uh, Derek, how many did Scott Rowan have? Uh, eight, eight, yeah, my motherfucker had ten, and in consecutive years. That means in a decade, he was the best center fielder, and that's with Ken Griffey Jr. in his prime, Kenny Lofton in his prime, Bernie Williams in his prime, and a bunch of other guys that were amazing athletes. I can tell you right now, during those 90s, between the time that from 96 to 2012, almost every top 10 play that ESPN had, it had Andrew Jones making a diving catch where he went full on, Superman style, running towards the ball and catching the ball and almost breaking his wrist every time. He also made catches that looked like Ken Griffey Jr. out in center field, running into the wall, looking like he broke his fucking ankle.
2: Okay,
1: thank you. It's so- All right. Let's hear it, Tommy.
2: So you all the guys you just like named to compare him to when it comes to like being the best center fielder, as you said he's their, better than Griffey They, were, prime, all, prime they prime. were all American leaguers, meaning they would not be competing for the gold glove against Andrew Jones. So you can't be calling him better when they're Indians, Yankees and Mariners. <laughs> Good
1: call and uh you know, just for being a media student that I am, you're you're kinda of pushing it saying that Kenny Lofton was in his prime in the late nineties.
0: Yeah, that is true. But Kenny Lofton was still one of the top fastest outfielders out there, so that's why I would put him out, out yeah. there.
1: No, for sure.
0: No, no. Tommy makes Tommy makes sense, and I did mention a bunch of AL guys playing the outfield. Absolutely, and you don't have yeah. to
1: respond to his allegations.
0: No, but he, he's right. And like, I'm right now. I'm actually trying to think of an NL center fielder during those times, and it's actually. Tommy's right. It is very hard to do, but at the same time to have somebody that's not better than you for an, a complete decade is insane. I haven't heard anybody do that ever. Maybe Michael Phelps nah. like Derek had. <laughs> that, that's the only guy that I can say that for a complete decade ruled the swimming pool. In a complete decade with prospects coming up that are number one out of from 96 to 06 like or sorry he won his first one i think in like 90 or uh 99 i think he won his first one nobody could take the gold glove away from andrew jones and there are prospects beyond prospects beyond prospects coming up that say oh he's a five-tool athlete he's the best center fielder we've seen well guess what It wasn't. Okay, here, I just thought of a center fielder. You had Jim Rollins and also Jim Edmonds playing center field. These guys were the top-notch outfielders of the 90s and early 2000s, and Andrew Jones still outplayed them in the center
4: field. I I also want to make a point that the gold glove is awarded to outfield, not the individual position of outfield.
2: And there's also three gold glove outfielders. So you look at this from 2004 to 2000. Edmonds won it every year with Jones.
4: So it could be but
1: like all center fielders one year necessarily. He, yes.
0: But he is still considered one of the top-notch defender center fielders of all time. Yeah. And I'll get to that in I'm my third, yeah. third, third topic. But just, dude, can we just all agree the fact that he did it for over a decade winning with the fact that even if it's all three positions – left field center field right field he still won a gold glove for 10 straight years you how many there's 32 teams in the in MLB divide that in half you got what 16 so 16 times 3 how 48. much is that you have 48 players considering to be for the gold glove and he beat out every single one of them for 10 years that's fucking insane well now
4: i mean is there i'm a not really
0: i'm just saying that's insane for 10 straight years also let me just throw out because that, that was the main focus that i wanted to hit was that he did it for 10 years winning a gold glove in the outfield now mind you he also I'm won the a silver. Bit.
1: Sp-
4: was in there. Exactly. Larry Walker,
0: L- Luis Gonzalez, Barry Bonds. Like All you guys right. want me uh, to keep going on?
4: Nah, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> so, no, yeah. Mind you, also,
4: it. yeah. No, he's
0: so this is the other thing. He also won the Silver Slugger Award back in 2005, where he was also voted number two. In the MVP voting that year, you know who beat him, and he actually beat him in the Silver Slugger award. Well, Silver Slugger for the outfield, so it doesn't really count. But he was he finished second, Pool. To Albert Pujols, which is one of the best hitters of all time right now. So the dude is insane, and he also in his rookie year he finished fifth in the Rookie of the Year voting. So the dude is fucking amazing within itself with the accolades that he has he, with the mvp voting voting to only lose to a up-and-coming first baseman that is considered one of the best hitters of the modern era it's pretty in- insane so that's my second argument
1: Hello the case any uh any further rebuttals
2: Uh, just, again, three outfielders get it. So is there a ranking system for it. the
1: outfielders in terms – like, is there a gold glove number one, two, three, or is it just
4: nah, – No, it, it's just the top three.
2: I, I will admit here on the list, when it, like, numbers them, outfield, 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 Jones is always number three.
4: Yeah, I don't know how the whole voting system works for outfield. I mean, maybe it's alphabetical but- order? No?
2: No, it's not alphabetical. <laughs> it goes Edmonds, Cruz, Jones. One year, Edmonds takes first place. Five years, then second place the next year. So it's not like they always put the same guy in the same spot. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: He's still got so a couple. Looked me like right? Jones he the third ago, ten right? times. Yeah, Edmonds was still bouncing around,
4: right? Between teams? Is that what you're asking?
1: No, no. Like I, I know he's retired. I know he's retired, but he's probably not been retired. Uh, maybe. Maybe about ten years now? Maybe ten years next year. I just meant he'd be a good metric to compare to Jones.
4: Oh yeah. No, that's those are the names I always hear together is Jones and Edmonds. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess uh there's no further rebuttals to this one. What do you got for me about Mr. Roland? You were you're building up high.
4: <laughs> yeah, so uh I'm gonna go back to the hardware speaks. Uh, yes, Andrew Jones had 10 in a row, which is insane. I think quickly to mind, I want to say only other people would be like Roberto Clemente, uh, Johnny Bench, and uh, i would like blanking on the other one. Um, I no, I don't think he did. <laughs> maybe, maybe Melina got close, anyways. Um, yeah, so Scott Rowland had eight gold gloves. Um, to helton's three jo- Jones's jones 10 uh he's the only one on our argument that has won rookie of the year um i know the other guys got close uh it's kind of funny we both picked or we all picked uh players that did not win an mvp that's kind of a, I thought that was kind of funny uh scott Roland has uh he was a seven-time all-star compared to helton and jones who got you know five and uh he has one silver slugger which obviously Helton takes the cake on that one. Uh, tied with Jones, though. And he's the only one on this list, I said, that has won a World Series. Uh, as far as the statistics go, and I love my statistics. Uh, I'll try to make this short and sweet.
0: Here we go. Here <laughs> we go yep. yeah, we're going to
4: take a quick nap. Take a breath and break. Uh, Scott Rowland was not known as a power hitter, and it obviously shows in the his uh, career statistics. He does back it up as a just good hitter overall and then obviously with his glove uh, his lifetime average was a 281 average which is above Jones but definitely below uh, Todd Helton his home runs uh, are below everybody on this uh, on this podcast but his 316 home runs compared to Jones's 434 he was only two RBIs short of Jones's career of 1289 Roland had 1287 so that's like almost 100 home runs. That's 100 RBIs right there below Jones. So it just shows crack top 10. It, just, it, shows, it just shows that he's a great pure contact hitter. Uh, he also had <laughs> a better on-base percentage. Or, uh, sorry, he had a better um, on-base slugging percentage at 855 compared to Jones's 823 obviously Todd Helton, like anything I say offensively for Roland, Todd Helton is just, let's just assume he has better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, he does have more hits than Andrew Jones, and he has uh, struck out uh, less than Andrew Jones. What's crazy for, I'm going to give Tommy some more points here, is that uh, Todd Helton has these crazy numbers, and he has the least amount of strikeouts on this, Uh, these three, which is pretty insane.
2: Thank God I had first pick. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh yeah, so I kind of want to get a little uh away from the. I have a few more stats, but I'm gonna save that. But we're, just so you know, there are more stats coming. Uh, something I that I mean, look, I- I'm the
1: judge today, not Dusty. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
4: seriously, I know you appreciate them. Uh, <laughs> something that I didn't know until this last Hall of Fame. Uh. Election, which uh, Tommy mentioned earlier, this this system is definitely flawed. It definitely needs some fixing. But I looked up the definition. Take
0: it away from the writers. That's the main fixing. (laughs) Exactly.
4: Uh, I I looked for the definition or like the criteria that the Hall of Fame uh, voters are looking for, and I quote. Voting shall be based upon the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and contributions to the team or teams on which the player played.
0: So, fat out (laughs) lie.
4: This is why I feel like a lot of these players, Barry Bonds, obviously those guys up there, Chris Schilling and uh, Roger Clemens, are having a hard time and probably won't make the Hall of Fame because of their steroid accusations. Like I said earlier, earlier, uh, Omar Vizquel, I totally said Hall of Fame, you know, the first time he got on the ballot, and now I'm not so sure anymore because of his recent allegations. If you want to go based on just the character and, like, morality of a player, Scott Rowland is, like, textbook perfect, you know, example. This guy is, he was an amazing teammate. He's one of those guys that you have on your team that just makes everyone better, uh, when he came over to Cincinnati, like uh, they were interviewing Joey Votto when he won MVP, and he was like, "The reason I won MVP, like, uh, not completely, but like one of the reasons is Scott Rowland. He makes everybody a better player. He's one of those guys that has that clubhouse leadership. Obviously, it doesn't really factor into Hall of Fame voting, but I feel like it is something to consider. As far as things like off the field, um, I'm not trying to take any shots here or anything. I just kind of <laughs> want, I kind of wanted to look into it because you have kurt schilling who's kind of been a little you know like "Eh," you have omar visco who all this stuff came up and you saw what happened his his uh his percentage went down and you know it's because of that so if you had to get into the personal life of the player uh which i feel does contribute a little bit um i saw that scott Rowland he uh he has a charity foundation that he created back in 99 uh, it helps children and their families with uh, that struggle with illnesses and hardships and uh, special needs. He has these community outreach programs called the Hot Corner Kids, which I love the name. Uh, and I'll like I said, it. yeah, and like I said, he he just he's he's just he's that perfect schoolboy. Uh, I definitely looked up Andrew Jones and Todd Helen just to see if they uh, compared. And I learned these things, actually. I actually had never heard these, maybe because they were just so long ago, and the Omar Vizquel thing is so fresh. But uh, Andrew Jones was arrested for battery with a domestic uh, disturbance case against his wife on Christmas. How dare he? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Todd Helton, apparently uh, Coors Field is a very fitting uh, stadium for him because he's been arrested twice for DUIs. Uh, in 2013, 2019, uh, even crashing one of his cars for one of them, uh, and it's been in treatment. So I'm not trying to take shots at, uh, like you know, their moral character, but I feel like those are definitely things that kind of have to factor into Hall of Fame uh, decisions. Uh,
2: but uh, your your description was you know character on their team you're, you're talking about like long after being on their team yeah they, no they i i walk. understand
4: the definition but what i said earlier was this omar viskel thing did not happen while he was on a team and look what happened to his you know voting he, he went down but like, yeah so you're agreeing
2: with it though you're saying you understand it that's that's what i don't like
4: <laughs> i got yeah i was
1: going to
0: say everyone I got an objection. go ahead object <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, can I go,
2: or you want to add more stuff?
1: Great controversy.
2: Oh, you go ahead. I'm going to drink more of my beer.
1: Yeah, fire up. Right. Brandon. go ahead.
2: All right, so Derek, yeah, you're you're
0: bringing out all these facts, but let's just quote Dennis Rodman real quick. I'm not a role model. <laughs> like, I get it, dude. Like, yeah, what makes you a better character outside as a as an athlete is what you do outside of the sport. But at the same time, if you ask Michael Jordan and stuff like that, they knew what he brought to the table. They knew all the demons he had in his closet. They, they knew exactly what they were getting into. But did it help them win a championship? Yes, it did. Did Todd Hilton, like help them go to the promised land? Yes, he did. Did Andrew Jones help? the Braves be the most dominant team in the 90s and early 2000s? Yes, he did. Scott Rowland went from team to team, and granted, he was a great teammate, but he went only a couple of times, and granted, he won World, won world Series, but if he has that great mentality and helped guys make MVPs, then he should have had like three or four.
4: He still has one more than anybody else here.
0: When he, when he <laughs> one of the fucking New York Yankees of the 90s was so fucking hard that Scott Rowland couldn't even beat him when he was on an AL team. What makes you think that Todd Houghton and uh, Andrew Jones that were in an NL team was going to go against Paul O'Neill, Derek Jeter, Roger Clemens, Annie Pettit, uh, Bernie Williams, uh, I'd say beyond the scope Perry he goes
1: Tisada. against pictures, not he goes so against pictures. It's not very,
0: very difficult, dude. It's very difficult to <laughs> say that.
4: Okay. I agree with you. Sure. I'm just – I was literally – all I said was I'm basing these things outside of the playing careers just now. Those were the things I was – Well,
0: v- yeah, and that's the other thing is we have a system flawed in the fact that we're allowing the writers to make the vote and not actual players. So that's the main thing that I would say here on that po- yeah. on this podcast.
1: Well, I mean, it didn't even Schilling say take me off the ballot next year? I'll, I'll leave it up to my peers and teammates and players to – Vote me in. Now, there is a way guys get in through uh, I've heard it before. It's like the alumni vote, right?
2: The Veterans Committee.
1: Or Veterans Committee, yeah. And do we know who's been voted by Veterans Committees? Yeah. Would you like to name some, Tommy, since I have a feeling you know at least two?
2: Yeah, give me one sec. I can look them up.
1: Okay.
4: I guess I I I I I'll put off the
1: cuff,
4: but, I, yeah, guess, I right. got a couple off the top of my head I guess I'll put my argument on hold
1: <laughs> Wasn't it Lou Brock?
0: Wasn't one of them Lou Brock? I'm going off the top of my head right now
2: Off the top of your head Inducted as a player Nope
1: you can hear the keys clicking Tell us Tommy
2: Oh I stopped looking I, I stopped clicking Oh
1: <laughs> No, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know that. No, no. You got got guys
2: like Harold Baines. um,
1: Okay, that one you kind of look back and say, did the Veterans Committee get that one right?
2: You got Lee Smith, Jack Morris, Alan Trammell.
0: Lee Smith deserves to be in there. Alan Trammell definitely deserves to be in there.
1: I mean, I haven't really followed Baines' career as a player as more as I have as a broadcaster, so I don't know. It kind of piqued my interest.
2: But there was the year the veterans committee put in Tory, Cox and Larusa, all the managers together. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: That was fun. Yeah, they definitely deserved to be in there. Rest in peace, Tommy Larusa. Uh, Lasorda too. I was Go
1: gonna ahead. say Tommy Larusa is still alive.
0: <laughs> no, I, I know that's why I said Lasorda. You were like, Larusa. I know, but it made me think
1: of Lasorda. <laughs>
2: Another one, is the earlier brought up, Ron Santo. He had to wait for the Veterans Committee, so. Takes yeah, I mean,
1: I, I'll see this end up playing out as the writers are just whatever reason, but you, I, I mean, I feel like a Players Committee, why wouldn't they put Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling in? Well, Schilling, haters. I don't know. Huh? They're just
2: haters. haters
1: yep. gonna hate. But yeah, getting back to uh, you know, Derek's argument against... Uh, characters was there any further uh further objections
2: i'd just like to say that todd helton has been known to work for um or not work but volunteer for what is it called uh the volunteers of america i believe is what i remember reading about him he'd always be going to these events and welcoming people um for their charities and different causes like that so i remember helton being a, a good guy when it came to causes like that so he was a drinker i mean this is what my twelfth beer today. So he and I have that in common.
1: Cast the first stone, Brandon. Anything?
2: No,
0: nah, I got nothing. I didn't. I didn't look into the characteristics of Andrew Jones. In all honesty, just because I believe that the player and how he played and how he t- treated his teammates should mount to something. Because if you want to really go into that characteristics and Jim Brown should not be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Uh beyond the scope with uh, the NFL but but nonetheless. Alright, so that puts us that puts us at uh that was the meat and potato round. So this who said, uh, wait,
4: wait, wait. who said I was done? Oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> well,
1: you know what? I you got counsel- way cut off. <laughs> Counselor, forgive me. We went on a deep tangent and <laughs> I uh you know you know, I can't even say Brittany was in here and I could said so I was pulling a uh, Clarence Thomas, but no that's not, not the case, so <laughs> just purely uh went on a tangent. Continue, counselor.
4: Oh, thank you. I'll I'll still make it quick though. I was I was coming around to the end. Um going back to the the Hall of Fame stuff, uh just a few other little numbers. Um Scott Rowland his uh his voting percentage has jumped quite significantly in the time he's been on the ballot. Um, and then between the three of these guys, he is the highest up there. So not saying that that gets you in faster. Uh, he's up there though. And his last, uh, this, this last voting, he jumped, uh, 17 and a half percent, which was, uh, about 2% more than Helton and 3% more than Jones. Uh, nothing really big to, you know, go off of that, but just a couple little numbers there. Uh, i'm gonna in the next round, I will get more into the stats that I feel definitely matter as far as what these damn writers are looking for when it comes to hall of fame uh but just a quick little thing is from ninety seven to two thousand four this stat, which i said I'll get into later uh war, the big war stat uh he had the highest war in baseball than anyone that wasn't named Barry Bonds or Alex Rodriguez from 97 to 2004. So that beats out Derek Jeter, uh, Larry Walker, Chipper Jones, and Jeff Bagwell at that time. He has the 10th best war of all time for third baseman in baseball. And I feel like this is just my opinion, maybe some other people's opinion, but he definitely went through an uh, injury-plagued season and a few oh, after yeah. uh unfortunately he collided into uh what's that guy's name he it was like he Choi choy of a damn Los Angeles Dodgers uh it messed up his shoulder which uh was a throwing shoulder obviously uh pretty crucial for a third baseman uh he had to get surgery on it and uh i feel like that definitely killed some of his offensive statistics but like i said they were very close in comparison Not with power, but everything else as far as uh, Andrew Jones goes. Uh, And yeah, I I think I think I will get into some more of the uh, nitty gritty stats later on. Alright, let's move Uh, along. Yep, Exactly, (laughs) let's move along.
1: Okay, so that will conclude the meat and potatoes portion. As we go into the final argument, um, you know, this this is entirely up to you guys. I mean, I I know that uh you know, when I when I look into the way I would vote on this, I know a big part for me would be what did each of these players, you know, if you get if you can, and it it won't, you know, won't have anything to do with the final vote. It's just always cool to hear uh a story where they really shined when it mattered or what they meant their organization.
0: Yes!
1: (laughs) So, uh, you know, I know I'm doing Serpentine, so if you want to continue with Scott Rowland, you can, or if you want to table it, you may pass it to who you wish.
4: I mean, I just talk (sighs) a lot, so... Let me go! Let me go! Let oh me God, go! God. Let me go! 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 Counselor, it's entirely up to you. We please to show that I am I am merciless and let another person go. <laughs> did,
1: you have, <laughs> did you? want it to be Tommy?
4: No, Brendan can have it. He's very enthusiastic. I was going to give it to Tommy, but I I I award enthusiasm. All right, I'm going to go right, play I,
2: with my son then for a little bit while Brendan talks. <laughs> yes, it's going All to right. be a little bit, Tommy.
1: Brandon, your, uh, I guess, is this the closing statement then? Yes. All right. Close down, Andrew Jones, for me.
0: Okay. So before I get into what you just wanted to prove for the like one story that helps the team, that helps everything, that made that player notice, I'm going to hold that off for the very last thing, se- very last second I can. So I just want to first shout out to the fact that Andrew Jones was one of the best defensive players. And I've said this beforehand when he would make diving catches where instead of like having the glove flipped up to where his hand is parallel with the ground, he would actually do it underhand and catch the balls where it would actually look like he broke his wrist but somehow come out with it. It's unbelievable. Uh, only very few players can do that without getting hurt. Jim Edmonds and Ken Griffey Jr. is like two players that I would shout out to. Um, also, the cool thing about it is one of his very first hits in the regular season, he got an RBI. The guy was on third base, and he hit a line shot to between short and third. I mean, that's a lot of pressure for a 20-year-old. And the other thing that I actually found very interesting was that uh I found this, and i it's absolutely amazing to me because uh they used uh, baseball reference uh metrics, and Andrew Jones actually saved two hundred and thirty four point seven runs in his career, and that's better than the all time greatest defense. Uh, center fielder Willie Mays, and also the best right fielder in Roberto Clemente he outbeat Mays by fifty runs and outbeat Roberto Clemente by thirty runs. This dude was insane his defensive war like granted Derek was saying that he was uh Scott rowan was one of the best uh um, players of over replacement um of all, uh, during that time of 94,
4: I think you said, there 97 Derek? to 2004.
0: 97. So I, I give you mad props for that, but my guy was the top defensive war player of all time, ranging for 24.4. Mace is third, dude. Mace is third in 18.8. So Andrew Jones is a top-notch Player when he plays the outfield. Now he also is fifth in WAR runs fielding. That means overall fielding in any position in the outfield and in the infield, only behind Brooks Robinson, Mark Bellinger, Ozzy Smith, and Adrian Beltre, his old teammate with the Rangers. So and Brooks Robinson and Ozzy Smith. Are already in the Hall of Fame, and Andrew Jones has a better offensive personality than both of those guys. So it's just mind-boggling that this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. And now I'm going to hit you with the uppercut. (laughs) So, uh, Chris, I almost called you Derek. There, Chris. I mean, we both have
1: red hair. I mean, I I look like I (laughs) ate Derek, but perceived counselor. (laughs)
0: So, Andrew Jones, when he was a kid, he actually came up. He was a teenager when he started his career. He actually didn't even start it in the regular season. He started his career in the postseason back in 1996 when his Atlanta Braves made it into the postseason. He started, and he hit his first home run when Ryan uh, Caruso? right? I think I could be wrong on that, but he got injured going into the World Series, and he became, Andrew Jones became the youngest person to hit a home run in the postseason at the age of 19. Meanwhile, the biggest stage possible, you are in the World Series, you are 19 years old, and you're going against one of the best pitchers top 10 best pitchers of all time in any pennant in reality. I, if he's not top 10, he is like top 15. So like
3: he
1: 35, is...
0: <laughs> but he still lights out during the nineties, especially in 96, any Pennant and Roger Clemens was considered one of the best two, one, two punches that you could think of. And this kid is 19 years old. And going against Andy Petty. We already know he's the first time Hall of Famer. Right? Even back then. But I'm just saying. I
1: know, I know. Continue, counselor. Sorry.
0: I'm just saying. He not only did he hit a home run at his first at bat during the World Series, but he did it again at his second at bat, becoming only the second person ever to do that. He helped his team more times than not, and he was a better teammate than anybody else. He made sure that he made the plays in the outfield. He made sure when he was asked to be a role player and not be an everyday starter, he gladly accepted it and actually did it for the Atlanta Braves. He did it for the New York Yankees. He did it for the Texas Rangers, and he did it for the Chicago White Sox.
1: Uh, you gotta do. say you gotta say one more. There's one more Whom team are forgetting? you're
0: leaving out. Who am I Because I actually don't aren't
1: don't you, know who I'm aren't forgetting. Aren't you leaving out the Dodgers? Uh, <laughs>
0: well, they don't count. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah. I don't he, know, I don't know if I can he, get that strict accepted. from the record. Sorry.
0: He he accepted the role being just a role player because he knew that if if he had to, he was a better defensive man than he was an offensive man. But in any case, he accepted that role in order for his team to go further in the playoffs and further in the season. Whatever he had to do, he made sure that his team was in each and every game to win. Wow.
1: That is a hell of a statement. Pretty cool though, two home runs in the World Series.
0: At the age of nineteen.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say at the age of nineteen. But uh no, those are excellent arguments. Now that the uh the serpentine has gone wow, has gone awry. Uh I will uh pass it to Tommy to give uh your closing arguments on Mr Todd Helton.
2: Okay, well, first off, Helton's got these guys beaten in offensive statistics. There's just no doubt about that. Sure, Jones may have more homers, but he also batted 70 points less. If you want to talk about big moments, I think one to remember for Helton. I remember him rounding the bases and pumping his fists. It was like, oh, gosh, was it 2007, I think? Yeah, that's, that's when they went to the World Series. It was... Just this amazing two-run uh, home run to walk off against the Dodgers. It was a uh, – gosh, what was that crazy Asian closer's name? Sorry, I don't mean to point out race there. Um, <laughs> Saito or, or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Helton smashed that big walk-off homer because they were, I think, like still a good at least three or four games back in the wild card race, trying to catch up to the Padres who somehow have found a ton of money this year. <laughs> um, But he hit that big walk-off home run <laughs> against the Dodgers that sparked that big run to send the Rockies to the World Series. I mean, people are like, Rockies in the World Series? Like, what? You know, like, that's never happened before. But um, I, you know, give Roland his props. You know, they didn't win. They got swept. Helton did hit three thirty three in that World Series, so he did his part. But I think that big home run he had that, sparked the celebration in the locker room and drove the team to make that big playoff run is Todd Helton's big moment. He was the icon of that team for 17 years. I mean, we saw Larry Walker sign in St. Louis. We saw, you know, the other big guys on that team bounce for teams they thought, you know, could win the World Series. Um, Walker wasn't even there in 2007, if I recall correctly. So I think Helton's just the kind of iconic player that deserves to get in the hall, as he represented his team his whole career, and made a solid difference every year as he batted amazingly and finished with that three sixteen average.
1: It was a bomb. While well, you guys have been doing your closing arguments, I was watching highlights of Andrew Jones doing, you know, defensive, you know, just insanity defying physics, and then you tell me about that Helton play. I mean, even I was excited for him. But, you, yeah, I'm... you you see it. He just launches it into the upper deck. It, you know, I mean, hey, it's cores, right? But just to do it against the Dodgers always is, you know,
2: Right. That's that's why I love be, that. That's know, why actually, I love it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, we could disagree on anything all we want tonight, but we'll definitely agree that we all, and it's funny, I've been working in professional sports for years, yet I still, I, and you probably feel this too, Derek, still just something feels good when the Dodgers just lose. It makes you giddy, <laughs> like a schoolgirl, you
2: know? Yeah, I still look back a couple years ago. I say, cheat as much as you want, Houston.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <man. laughs>
0: that's
4: a great line. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great argument right there, too. Which asterisk is the the worst? The cheating asterisk Woo-hoo! or the half-steams asterisk? <laughs> Easily, oh, there you season, go. <laughs> it,
1: perfect time for Kershaw to peek when he's gone half the amount of games he actually goes. <laughs> hey, say what or you want about the asterisk. Asterisk.
0: I was going to say, or any asterisk that's in the in the uh, books, in the record books, because you can even put how come nobody's talking about Eric Gagnez?
1: Oh, what? Was he a steroid user, too?
0: He was a big-time steroid user.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I guess because didn't it, Well, is his record still standing? Yep. yep. Uh, I Wait, don't know. Is it's it? not the sexiest award. Or record.
0: It's still a record. And if you're going to mark one record, you got to mark them all.
4: Wait, which record was it? Uh, Rodrique, uh, consecutive saves. Oh, I thought Rodriguez got that one.
2: No, yeah. Rodriguez uh, hey, Rod. he got like, didn't he catch like total saves or something?
4: Oh, yeah, I thought that was Trevor Hoffman. Are oh, you well, talking about in a him. season? Yes, in yeah. in one season. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: No, that's. But yeah. Anyways. But yeah, yeah. Both Go both on. great. Uh, both great stories, and you know, both have done you know fantastic things for the franchises. And I well, very well. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss about Mr. Todd Helton, Tommy?
2: Uh I think I'm good. I think I've said everything. He's his numbers show it. I think he belongs in. And hopefully he does eventually. We'll see when it comes to the writer bias about you know playing in the elevation. Not that, you know, he chose the Rockies to play there, but but yeah, that's definitely something we'll see come from the writer's judgment.
1: Sure. And uh, to bring it on home, y and you've already done such a great job of, you know, educating me more on the uh the legacy of Scott Rowland. Bring him home for me. Oh, I'm going to make – I'm going to do it even more
4: now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Do work, son. Do work. All right. Um, real quick, I also want to mention that Scott Rowland has already been inducted into a certain type of Hall of Fame, and that is the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. I only throw that out there because that's what saved my ass with the Best First Baseman uh, podcast. <laughs>
0: <you>. Nice. <When> I, <laughs> I would have won that one. <laughs>
4: when I said Mattingly was in the Yankee Hall of Fame, and Matt apparently was like, well, that seals it right there. So, I just want to throw out that uh, Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Fame for the St. Louis Cardinals. uh, So is Hilton.
2: He's only one of the four.
4: There you go. Uh, Which is a big deal for Cardinals. There's a a huge history there of great players. Um, So, another thing for me, though, going back into the I'm focusing more on the third baseman side of things, is there are only two Hall of Famers that have, at third base that have more gold gloves than Scott Rowland, and that is Brooks Robinson, which is like 16 or something. Fucking insane. And Mike Schmidt. Um, But of all these third basemen, only Scott Rowland and Mike Schmidt have more than 300 home runs with eight gold gloves or more. So that's pretty crazy right there as far as like having to back up the offensive statistics for a third baseman. Uh, you're in the company of only one other Hall of Famer that has that line. Uh, the big thing I want to get into, though, is two statistics that I think, unfortunately, defined how the writers vote for the Hall of Fame. And this is what I think will seal the deal as far as uh, Scott Rowland. That is War and Jaws. And I didn't really know Jaws going into this, I definitely did some research, and Jaws is, uh, stands for the Jaff wins above replacement score, and the definition is, it evaluates a player's worthiness for enshrinement in the Hall of Fame by comparing him to Hall of Famers at his position. So, I'm just saying this right now, his position. Again, his position. Um... This, I feel like, is a huge statistic. Like, it, it literally is showing if you are worthy to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, how, I'll it's, allow it. how it's made is you. Uh, it's created by averaging a player's career's war during their seven-year peak. So, like, when their war was at its best on average. This is for any player that's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, people have called Jaw the... Definitive statistical measure in evaluating a Hall of Fame class and the standard bearer for Hall of Fame analysis over the last decade. So I just want to throw out the importance of this statistic. Going in for Scott Rowland, I'm going to compare all three players here, but um, for their positions. For Scott Rowland, he had uh, a career war of 70.1 and a jaw of 56.9. The average Hall of Fame third baseman was 68.4, so he's above that. And the jaw average for uh, third base was 55.7. So he is also above that. As far as Andrew Jones goes, his uh, career war was 62.7. The average Hall of Fame center fielder is 71.3. So he was about nine off from there. And his jaw was 54.6. And the average Hall of Famer for center field is 58. So he's below on both categories for that. For Todd Helton... Uh, I was actually amazed by this. I thought he uh was going to be like, no problem. Uh, Very freaking close, though. His uh, career war was 61.8, and for the Hall of Fame first baseman, it's 66.9. So close. And then this one was really close, so this is why I obviously think he will get into the Hall of Fame at some point. Uh, His jaw was 54.2, and the average Hall of Fame first baseman is 54.8. So he was only just point six. Some uh, to
2: fight with Lou Gehrig and Dan yeah. Russoul and Willie McCovey. <laughs> yep.
4: that was a, lo- yeah. the box. a lot of big names. Um so yeah, those are just uh those were the statistics I was holding on to because those unfortunately are the most important when it comes to voting nowadays for uh the Hall of Fame, uh, for these writers. Uh another thing I wanted to point out, um is the, the the same statistic I used to help back up my Don Mattingly uh, point, which was the RTOT, uh, the total zone total fielding runs above average, which is when uh, the number of runs above or below the average the player was worth based on the number of plays that they made. Obviously, Andrew Jones is the top here. He had a uh, 254 RTOT. Uh, Scott Rowland had 140, so... <laughs> That just shows you how great Andrew Jones is out there in center field. But uh, Todd Helton had a 106. That's, I, I mean, it's. I'm not. I'm not bashing on Todd Helton's uh, defensive prowess because obviously his numbers still back him up. Gold gloves, nine nine six fielding percentage. It's great. Uh, Scott Rowland had a nine sixty eight, which I feel is very good for the hot corner. That's a very tough position to play. And uh, Andrew Jones had a 990, which is insane for center field. But yeah, I just, I kind of want to leave it on just those last, the wars and the jaws. Those uh, those are big statistics as far as uh, what the writers are looking at when it comes to the Hall of Fame decisions. Every and time you say jaws, I just want to go like, nah, nah, so bad.
1: <laughs> really? I keep wanting to think of Ron
4: Jaworski. Jaws. Oh, that, I forgot about that, dude. Uh yeah, so that's my uh that's my argument for Scott Rowland being uh the top of these three people we we're talking about as far as getting into the Hall of Fame. Excellent. The defense rests. Defense <laughs> All right, Chris,
0: you heard our arguments. Tell me any objections.
4: Uh,
2: n no objections. Oh, uh, I, like, oh I like I like to rest.
4: Sorry, I don't want to rest. I'm coming back. Uh, I forgot Mr Mr. Owens, you wanted to talk about some things of like their heroics or whatever towards their teams. I'll um, allow it. Sorry, I totally blanked on that. I was getting all excited about stats again.
1: Hey, on stats you wanna be on the scope. That's correct.
4: Right. Yeah. I'll allow it. Uh so two thousand four was like Scott Rowland's best year. It was his most home runs, it was his most uh, RBIs, his best batting average at three fourteen. Uh the Cardinals went on to the playoffs um nlcs i believe yeah a rarity oh they swept the dodgers first off that was great then they uh went to nlcs against the astros and
1: please note that they swept the dodgers yeah
4: exactly uh game two of the nlcs uh the astros were winning three to two and scott Rowland hit a two-run homer off of uh one of their relievers to give them the lead and then... Which game in, was
1: this? He hit the home run off the reliever? Game
4: two. Okay. Chad Harville was the, the reliever. Uh, Then also in that same game, the uh bottom of the eighth, the score was tied at four to four, and Pujols and Roland hit back-to-back home runs uh, to give the the Cardinals the win, 6-4. So that was, that's pretty cool, back-to-backers. And then uh, game seven, which... Uh, Houston was still the favorite to win, even though St. Louis was the home team. Uh, bottom of the sixth inning, this is when freaking Roger Clemens was on the Houston Astros. Uh, they were up 2-1, to one, and Scott Rowland came up and jacked a home run off of Mr. Clemens uh, and gave them the 4-2 lead, which then they went on to win, and it was their first World Series berth since... 1987. So Scott Rowland had a huge impact in that uh, NLCS. Unfortunately, they got their asses handed to them by who else but the Red Sox. But the Red Sox again, <laughs> the fucking Red Sox. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's kind of the big things I took out of like when he helped his uh, his team. His last kind of biggest moment, because uh, he's not really known for his postseason heroics, unfortunately, but when he had big moments he he delivered and one of the last ones that he did in his career was uh what that was uh i can't think uh they were playing the detroit uh tigers and he in game one hit a home run off of justin verlander uh who was a rookie at the time so that was kind of his last uh kind of his last little big moment there
1: Yeah, you know, um, it's funny I think I don't know you're telling me a third baseman who hit a home run off Justin Verlander in the World Series there's someone that just
4: comes yes. to mind <laughs> I mean he didn't hit three
1: but <laughs> <laughs> no I just I mean hey he's got a hot wife he, he's you know he can, he can get capped on a little bit once in a while seriously screw
4: him <laughs> uh, but yeah so those were kind of some big I mean, moments for his team I wanted to throw in there before now I finally rest
0: I gotta add also he's got a great comedy bit, if you haven't heard it yet, about him playing beer pong with a comedian. It's freaking amazing. Who, Roland? Uh Berlander. Oh. Yeah. I can't I can't remember I wanna say Chris something and I can't remember his name right now. But anyways, uh Chris, go ahead and make your judgment if there's no more objections since I got none. Tell me, do you have any more?
2: Yeah, uh, I like the digging into statistics that Derek was doing. I looked at a couple of the first base Hall of Famers, and I just I'm I'm blown away that Helton was able to hit more home runs than guys such as Hank Greenberg and hit have a better average than everybody other than Lou Gehrig and Stan Musial and the right? Dan Bruther's guy I've never even heard of, which is which is weird. But um, uh, <laughs> and Bill Terry, but you know can't forget Bill Terry. There's a giant for you. So um, I. You know, good amount of first basemen, Hall of Famers. They definitely seem to have the edge. But to see guys like Harmon Kilbrew in here batting 256, Orlando Cepeda, you know, 297, I think Helton definitely deserves to get in if these guys are holding seats.
0: The only other thing I was going to add real quick, sorry, Chris, Uh, was that that, uh, Andrew Jones also made the Hall of Fame of his team with the Atlanta Braves. He was inducted back in no, I don't remember, 2016, there you go. So all three of these guys have a Hall of Fame numbers in their own organizations that they played the majority for, so good on them.
4: Glad that, that the I team. could uh, bring that up for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if, Thank you. <laughs> if this proves more than anything, though, at least hearing Tommy talk about a first baseman he's never heard of, that, that is the biggest uh, problem that I see with the Baseball Hall of Fame is that you're going to... Put in people who no one will remember, you know, 100 years from now, yet you're going to have the gall to, I mean, I, maybe maybe the pitchers, I mean, I feel like at least Roger Clemens will be remembered 100 years from now, but you can't possibly tell me that all of us growing up in California, no matter where you were in the state, even if you were a Giants fan or not, when Barry Bonds came up to bat, you stopped exactly what you were doing you were going to watch that at bat and all the kids that grew up in the bay area lefty or righty you know they were wagging that bat (laughs) before the pitch came in so i'll say after hearing each of your deliberations yes there is someone that i am going to pick but in every right i believe based on all your arguments that Every single one of these players belongs in the Hall of Fame, without a doubt. I mean, even just watching, even just watching the YouTube videos of, I mean, there's, there was plays. I mean, the ball looked, you know, at least twenty feet away from Andrew Jones, and somehow the dude just gets it. I don't know how he gets it. I don't know what extra bit of burst, you know, you know, each impact. You know, when you hear the stories of Scott Rowland, you know, and the teams that he's played and you know, the true teammate and, you know, Helton's, you know, legacy and doing what he does. Um, you know, this, it was very hard. I think it's then, funny also
4: that we, uh, we all picked uh, players that played 17 years and primarily played in the NL. I thought that was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also the majority of their career, I feel, cause like when I think of Scott Rowland, I think of Cincinnati, because he ended his career with them and St. Louis. And you can't think of anything else. When you think of Colorado Rockies, you think of Larry Walker and Todd Hilton. And when you think of the Atlanta Braves, especially during the 90s, you think of Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones. Like, it's, it's hard to pick. Like, these guys made huge statements for their organizations, like the ones that they played the majority of their career for. So it's very, very hard. Chris, I do not wish this upon you, but you got to pick
3: one. Now. No,
1: I, I do, and uh, it, it's like I said, it certainly wasn't easy. Well, I'll say this: I'm glad that none of you picked Omar Vizquel because that would have, I mean, hey, I, <laughs> I know that his uh, his recent legal allegations, you know, do not do him any favors. But I've, you know, after spending time with pro baseball players, you know, it doesn't matter what level; they're all. They're all the same, including Pete Rose. Pete Rose is actually the same freaking guy he was when he was on the Reds in the 70s, but that's for another podcast to tell you that story. But uh, no, I, I for me, it's, as I, as I kind of said in the closing statements, a- out of everyone, which, as I said, they all belong, but if I'm going to put the first one in, I think that Todd Helton meant a lot for the city of Colorado. I mean, you see teams like the Montreal Expos, die in that way so to have a player like that to be there for 17 years I mean the stats that he has say enough but when I compare him to the other two players I think what he did for Denver and the state of Colorado it you know is is my reasoning for picking him I mean the stats that say and then I mean I think what really sold it was me seeing the two run home run walk off against the Dodgers (laughs) that really just juiced me up for him and, I mean, granted, I know so much more of this. On paper, obviously, I would have picked Roland. But, uh, yeah, in, in terms of just those moments and memories, that it's like, for me, I was there at the 2014 uh, NLCS when Ishikawa, a nobody, hits a fucking – was it a Grand Slam? No. no. Okay, it was, a was like a 200 three-run. Oh, my God, man. Like, nothing will, you know – that memory will live on forever. And because of me being the hall of fame judge that 2007 NLCS 2 run home run will live on in the hall of fame. As long as people go in and see the very small, you know, history in the Colorado section of the place. But I thank you all hey. for each of your things. And like I said, it, you guys made compelling case. I mean, I didn't have a favorite in any of these. Like I said, I would have picked, uh, I mean, I'm, that's why I'm glad that no one picked Omar Vizquel, but, uh, no, you guys put on a fantastic argument, I and mean, it's been an an honor to uh, – actually, I really got into this topic. I, I mean, <laughs> I might have bias just because I'm hosting it, but – or, you know, because I'm the judge of it, but, no, I, I really enjoyed your guys' arguments on these.
0: Chris, I'm not even mad, man. The fact that you picked Todd Helton, the dude did so much for Colorado and for that organization. He was the golden child of Colorado. Tommy did a great pick and he made a great argument in showing all the facts about Todd Helton. It's it's very hard to go against a guy that meant so much. That would be almost like us trying to make an argument against Cal Ripken Jr. and what he did for Baltimore. So, I'm happy with it. I'm always positive Derek's happy with it.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and he's too competitive. <laughs> and I, also,
1: I also told him, hey, I, it did, did it soften the ball. At least I said on paper the guy would have won. But I've, yeah, I've, never been, exactly. I've never been an on-paper kind of guy. Because remember, you got to sell it to me. And honestly, I think if Andrew Jones had had, had the – you know, game-winning something in one of those World Series or NLCSs, I probably would have probably would have geared that way. But, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe a two-run home run against the Dodgers, you know?
0: Yeah, of course. Did and anyone... not playing for the Dodgers. Yeah,
1: and real quick, <laughs> does anyone know what Andrew Jones' middle name is? It's kind of amazing.
0: Nope, I actually don't. Rudolph. Rudolph. I didn't look it up. Rudolph. Andrew Rudolph. Nice.
2: Do you guys know Helton's middle name?
4: Todd. (laughs) Chester.
2: Lynn, how the hell could you live with that? (laughs) The Todd father is Todd Lynn Hilton.
0: (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and end this. Uh, Chris, anybody that you want to promote uh, tonight to give a listen to or to go watch or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I love this part. Um, (laughs) I would certainly – recommend that people check out your wife Lara Jean Sullivan. Uh I know one of her movies is on Amazon. Definitely. Yeah, definitely watch that one. Um, I would uh well hey, it's free on Prime, so. Um Uh and I'll I'll say I, I haven't listened to it as much. It can definitely You really have to put in the work, but I I don't know if they've still been going, but uh David's podcast I know I have it on my no my pre thing, and then uh, you know probably you know if anyone listening to this, if you're really finding yourself like constricted, being stuck at home and limit for things to do, I've recently started disc golfing, and it it is a really great sport to get out into <laughs> when you're that bored. Does any do I any of you disc golf? I feel like Derek would.
4: I, no, but I, I want to. I've
1: done it. It is pretty fun. You know, I mean, it's just, like, I'm so trapped, and I can't do the things that I normally, like, so much of my livelihood is conversations and just being out and active and going from place to place. So, to like, to be able to just get out of the house and throw some discs at some, you know, chain baskets, it just, it does, it just feels good to do something. And, honestly, it's like regular golf, but, I mean, the cost is, you know, I you know, a tenth of the price of what you pay for <laughs> in regular golf. So, and Tommy, I'm, you know, looking into the, you know, future in the next couple of months, I definitely want to play. There's, there's like two or three or four courses in San Jose that I, you know, definitely invite you to join me when I come down there for it. I just, I'll let you know when, and then probably Sounds my great. my final plug uh, to this would say, you know, we, we talked about major league baseball. That is the, you know, that's the one we all knew gr- growing up and, but, You know, I've worked for the Vallejo Admirals pro baseball team for the last six years, and uh, it's really amazing when you look around other independent baseball leagues. I I mean, there's a, a league called the Atlantic League that's on the East Coast. There is a Frontier League that's kind of, you know, central states and a little bit of the East Coast, and then there's the American Association, which is a lot of you know Amer- you know central states and even some canadian provinces um a number of you know foreign foreign baseball leagues like australia south Cor- well we all know where south we all know about south korean baseball leagues now after you know dealing with covid but uh i would implore any listener who you know has an excitement about baseball to check out independence because there's so many ties to major league baseball like you know My manager is PJ Phillips. So we're talking reds and, you know, Cardinals like, Hey, PJ Phillips is the younger brother of Brandon Phillips. Uh, we had Jock Peterson's little brother, Tiger. Uh, I mean, that's, I think we even had Ozzie Smith's kid play for us one season or play for, so just what's so cool about independent baseball is the, the small world that it really is and where across the world it takes you that, That's what I'd implore anyone listening to this to check out all those different independent sports. And I appreciate you letting me, you know, judge and even promote these different leagues.
0: Well, it needs to be said, man. I mean, there's millions of guys playing baseball out there, independent minor leagues, all that stuff. So it needs to be said, and I'm glad that we got you on to say it. Um, Derek, anybody or anything you want to plug here?
4: Uh, yeah, I, I finally got a post out on my hiking blog, um, nor, nor cowboy hiking, uh, check it out on Facebook, Instagram. I have a website for it where I actually post the, the blogs, um, finally got out there the other week and, uh, did a nice little 10 miler, uh, didn't go last weekend cause it was raining and snowing. And it actually snowed again this weekend. And I'm going tomorrow to another mountaintop that I'm hoping is covered in snow. So, uh, that's kind of like a rarity for SoCal. So, I'm kind of excited to see snow for the first time in like three to four years, I think. Um, I'm just hoping it- I gotta take him to Tahoe. I've been to <laughs> Tahoe,
0: <laughs> yeah. But you should come
4: up and just hang
0: out with me and Laura with Allison, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm hoping weather permitting as far as like the roads and everything go, I'll get to the spot. Uh the the trail I want to do is like a about a 7-mile hike, but it, you get to park closer to where I want to get if I want to still get to where I want to go without getting as close with my car, i got to go like I think 15 miles. So, it's either going to be a pretty okay day or it's going to be a pretty strenuous day. So, I'm interested to see how it's going to be tomorrow. Um other than that, uh, again Moral Combat obviously loving this new tournament go Spidey and uh, yeah I'm excited for keeping this going let's do it
0: alright with that Tommy anybody or anything you want to promote here
2: um let's see well, going from disc golf to hiking I'll, I'll talk about tennis Derek I miss tennis. meet me in San Luis Obispo
4: <laughs> I miss it
2: or, uh, no, no, I'll take that one back. Meet me in Paso Robles. I got a $100 gift card for 805 Brewing, so meet me there.
4: I'm not going any
2: farther south than that.
4: I bought a beautiful tennis racket, like in the middle of quarantine, and it's still waiting to be broken in. It's killing me. I
0: also want to play with you.
4: Uh, we just haven't got out there yet. Ah. Uh. He's someone's a, someone alone is time. <laughs> some someone's a little more cautious uh, out there than than me.
0: <laughs> that sounds like my house too. Um, with tell me, would you like to add or promote anything else before since we cut you off?
2: Um, I'd just say, come meet me at the corner. I'll kick your butt with all your slice.
4: <laughs> oh, God. Is Brendan, a slicer.
2: <laughs> That's all he hits. is like <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing but slice. <laughs> 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 That was. I'll be
0: more down to play. I'll be more down to play, Tommy. I'm always down to play, man. All right. Hey, thank you again for coming out and helping me with my solar panels, also.
2: Oh yeah, of course. Um, let's hit the court and then let's hit run, shop, and hops and get a nice buzz going.
0: That sounds good to me. Um, with me, I'm gonna end it with saying again. Go watch my wife's movies, guys. You won't be disappointed at all. Uh, take it from Chris. he He's enjoying her movies. Chris, I would actually go say if you can, you and Brittany, tonight, if you guys like horror from, horror movies, go ahead and watch uh, Serena Waits
1: Serena on uh, YouTube. Serena Got it.
0: Yep. And it's actually on all platforms. I'm just being told. And my wife is, my wife's yelling at me from the couch right now and feeding our dog, saying, go watch the movie Space. I think that was the one that you were talking about, Chris, on Amazon Prime. And um, PlayStation. <laughs> and Tubi, apparently. But, uh yeah, and then the other person I'm going to drop here is Mortal Kombat. I love the way that they're doing their superhero tournament. So uh, yeah, a lot of people dropped them already. But uh, I just love it. And also Dragon Humpers. Jesus Christ. My wife is yelling at me. Uh, Dragon Humpers on Twitch. Uh, They just started a new season, and the storyline is epic. It's really entertaining. They just added a new character also as well. And she is fantastic doing a Russian accent, which is phenomenal. And my wife does a British one also as well. So go enjoy those. Uh and with that we're gonna call it a night. Uh Chris, thank you so much for doing this and we would love to have you back on sometime in the future.
1: No. The the pleasure is all mine. I look forward to continue my uh my listening relationship with the podcast and anytime you guys need help with anything radio related, I'm always here.
0: Awesome. With that, everybody say good night. Let's get out of here. It's almost been two hours. Fuck.
4: Tommy won.
0: Tommy won.
4: No more complaining.
2: (laughs) I win, lawyer.
0: Before we get started, I just have a little story to tell you that's actually kind of funny, and I want to put this on the podcast at the end. So, before, before you I met do that, my which one—the
1: yeah. one where I started the band, or the one where I—because uh, <laughs> I haven't enjoyed that whole shtick of this, this whole thing about <laughs> to my hosting duties.
0: Did you want to? Uh, All right, <laughs> hold on. I'm I'm bringing in a special guest. Hold on, Lars coming in.
3: I to tell the story. All right. Ready? Wait, hold on. I got to just go. Oh, you want to hear? Oh, I was going to go you ahead. can't hear. It's no, fine. No, it's up, up to me. Hello? Hey. Okay, Chris Owens, nice to meet you. This is Lara Jean Sullivan, Brendan's wife. I would like to say that one, I am Tissy tonight, so I hope you guys have a great show. And two, I can't wait to meet you. But here's the funny thing, Chris Evans Chris Owens.
1: Owens. (laughs) I mean if it makes you feel better, the name Evans was born out of the name Owain, Gaelic, Welsh, so I mean it works.
3: Perfect. Okay. Well plus Captain America. Which I don't really like him as an actor, so whatever. Anyway, so here's the
1: thing from not another teen movie. I don't know. Oh yeah. I like that.
3: What so here's the small little story, Chris Owens. I was on OK Cupid before I met Brendan. That's where we met. We met on OK Cupid. And uh, there was this guy called Chris Owens that messaged me on OKCupid, and we started chatting, and it was like, chat, chat. And then he started following me on Facebook and Instagram, and became really close friends. And he's this tall guy with blondish hair and glasses, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when Brendan started, we were like still friends. He congratulated me when I got married, all these lovely things. And then when Brendan was like, oh, Chris Owens is going to be my friend. Chris Owens is going to be on the podcast next week. I can't wait for you to meet him. I've told you about him in the past. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Chris Owens? I was like, this guy? And I went to the guy from the OK Cupid, And I was like, is it this Chris Owens? Oh, my gosh. And for a second, I thought it was like you were the guy that was trying to date me years ago. But you're not.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
3: Yeah, you know, just for a second, because you look like the guy, too. And I was like, wait a minute, is this the Chris Owens? But you're not.
1: That would have been <laughs> a lot of explaining to Brittany.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, I, I can't wait to meet her as well. She looks cute. I saw pictures of you guys together. It's very nice. Yeah. All right, well, long story short, because I'm better than Brendan at telling stories. And here's Brendan back. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Derek, after we uh hit the music, you want to say that we're in front of a live studio audience?
3: Oh, my phone. Thank
1: you. No. <laughs>